Hello, everybody. My name is Stephen Kelly. This is the Stephen D. Kelly Show, and we are Truth Cat Radio, www.truthcatradio.com. It is now 6 p.m., February 15th, halfway through the month, 2024. The title of the show tonight is The Time of the Tower. Now, so many things I want to tell you, but I also, I guess, let me see, what shall I start out by saying that, first of all, the decision to go in the direction I'm going to go tonight was kind of, I don't want to say last moment, but let's just say it was somewhat spontaneous, which is appropriate for the nature of what we're going to be discussing. Because aside from doing the usual uh, talking about Twitter, talking about Elon, talking about Tucker and Putin, talking about Ukraine, talking about Israel, all of this whatever nonsense, current events, we're going to talk a little bit about a specific tarot card, namely the tower. Now, before I go too far into this, I want to, first of all, say that my personal opinion is that this is not satanic. Yes, there are satanic symbology used in the artwork of the people that have made various decks, but there's basically no difference between a tarot deck and a standard deck of cards. In other words, you can do tarot readings with a standard deck of cards. It doesn't really matter as long as you assign these intentions or values to a particular card of a particular value. So, and I'll even point out also that these are just tools that people use, people who are psychic to access information in the superconscious not the subconscious the superconscious uh, a, t- a pendulum is very very similar there's nothing wicked about a pendulum as a tool it could be a rock hanging from a string what you do with it is not wicked um, before i go any further about the tarot card again I, i'll just talk about the superconscious really quick just above us our conscious life, our thoughts, and our waking hours, we have the subconscious, which is the part of our brain, our thinking, that controls things like your breathing, blinking, things that you would do without having to focus on it. Obviously, when you're sleeping, you need to be able to breathe without having to tell, be telling your body to do it. So your subconscious serves this effect. But all of our subconscious, these mental bits that we have, connect to the superconscious, which is above that. And we all share the same superconscious. This is that ethereal body of information that's out there in the cosmos, the Akashic Records, whatever you want to call it, everything that has happened and will happen. Knowledge. When you use psychic tools typically what you're doing is you are accessing the superconscious through your subconscious and once you access the superconscious you can access everyone else that is connected to it so if i need to access your subconscious i will get there via the superconscious and this is basically how healing and 
all of these thoughts and prayers and everything works. That's what that is. So basically when when we're dealing cards, we're doing a tarot reading, the spontaneous or the randomness of this sort, the cuts, the the what is it when you do the cards? What is it? Shuffle. You shuffle the cards, yes. The your hands are touching those cards. Your brain is attached to those hands. Those movements will determine which card it is that's pulled and where these things end up. So even though it sounds completely random, it never really is. And even though it sounds like perhaps you could say, well, you picked that, you did that, you were in in control. Yes, you are in complete control, but it's your subconscious that's controlling that portion of your body that's doing these things. Now, me personally... I'm going to say that uh, this is a tumultuous time. And if anybody's paying attention, I mean, if you're not if you're not worried about what's going on, you're not paying attention. And you should be, because the world, of course, is teetering on the brink of destruction. We have some pretty heinous events going on out there in the world, and we have this tremendous difficult mission that we're trying to accomplish, which is to you know, save the world, save all the children, rescue the children being held captive under the Getty. We know exactly what we have to do. And for me, it's intimidating and certainly stressful. And I don't know if it's not that way for you, but yet I hope I hope I am getting you on board. But the point is, is that these things can have turmoil in your life and cause drama and problems and amplify other problems that we might have. Now, this, of course, this week, uh, I could blame it on Valentine's Day was yesterday. And interestingly enough, Valentine's Day this year falls on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, which, of course, is a very important period, uh, holy, holy period in Christian thinking, belief. And it's also potentially a depressing period. Lent is a depressing time. It's times when it's the time we we think about Jesus fasting before his crucifixion and all that. Lent ends in six weeks or forty days on Holy Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, etc. And then Easter Sunday. So, for many people in the world, of course, this is a dark period and depressing. And, of course, Lent is, is in, well, Ash Wednesday. It's meant to remind you of death. It's meant to cause you to reflect on these things. And for whatever reason, for events going on in my life, people I deal with, the tower became very prevalent. Everybody seems to be drawing the tower Now, before I dive into it any further, let me just say that my personal intuition, my gut feeling, and this is one of these aspects of the tower that we're going to discuss, is that this is significant and this is relevant. And if I've learned anything from doing these cards, is that they're always right. 
They're always right. You can't hide anything. They're always right. Before I talk about the value here, the divinitive meaning of this particular card, I want to also say a couple things. One, the purpose of this information, you might think of it as to modify your behavior and change, and it's a warning to tell you not to do something. You're doing something wrong. But that's not really how the universe works. The reality is that it's telling you this is something that's going to happen. This is something that has happened. This is something that will happen in the past, the present, or the future. And with the tower, which is card number 66, and I'm turning 66, so it has special relevance to me, it follows the devil card. We think of these as being very traumatic cards. Now, the last time I had a was doing a reading myself, and I had this tower present itself, it was right before I lost my shop and my business and everything I had, practically all my possessions in Anaheim, and I was chased out of town, etc., etc., shortly thereafter. So at the very least, this card represents massive change tumultuous change, critical change, change that is unavoidable, written in stone type stuff. Now, it's devastating. It's not something you want to go through, but it also can lead you to other places. For instance, I personally knew that for me to go on this journey and this path, the one I'm on right now talking to you from involved me having to lose everything, my business, all my possessions, my family, my money, my home, all that stuff. And, you know, I used to stand in my warehouse of my, you know, my business and I'd look at the shelves and stuff everywhere, stuff, a lifetime of stuff. Not just, well, let's just put it this way. Lots of stuff. And I thought it would be impossible to lose all that stuff. How could I'm, How am I ever going to get to where I need to go and lose all this stuff? I can't even imagine picking it up and putting it in a box and putting it somewhere. It's too much. Well, needless to say, shortly after the tower came, I didn't have to worry about that because someone else picked it all up and tossed it and it was all gone. Just like that torn down so that was my first experience but what I'm guessing and what my intuition is telling me is that this is not just me it's not just some people around me they are having certain experiences because trust me <laughs> I see a lot of tumultuous activity going on right now in my near vicinity crazy universe doing weird stuff happenings and I'm guessing that you guys have got the same thing going on. Now, on a bigger note, obviously a bigger picture, we know that the world in general is having a tower moment. We're preaching a, approaching a tumultuous change that may be violent, could incorporate all sorts of different 
negative aspects, but at the same time, it could offer open opportunities for change. But I think that you guys may also be going through this in your lives. I know certainly the United States is getting ready to have, I mean, it's in the middle of its tower moment. We'll talk about that. So as I go through some of the divinations, these interpretations of what this card means, what it can mean, I'm going to look at the positive aspects because if the card is presented upside down, everything is different. But in this situation, it wasn't. And I'll tell you, that's the thing about these cards. Sometimes they'll be, they'll scream it at you. They want you to see something. It'll come flying out at you. So let's look at the meaning here. Let's see, where shall I start? Upright tower meaning. It means, represents change in the most radical and momentous sense. Is for this reason, the card itself visually looks so unnerving. It's basically a tower being hit by lightning. People falling from this tower on fire. Just a little bit worse than the devil card. At the heart of this card is messages, foundational, groundbreaking change. The kind of the event that the tower card marks does not have to be something terrible, like a disaster or a great loss. Change itself is a normal part of life that one has to embrace. But it can sometimes strike fear, for it means that we must abandon the truths that we have known prior to this event. The old ways are no longer useful, and you must find another set of beliefs, values, and processes to take their place. Now, isn't that a great explanation for what we are doing, our mission? We are completely shattering people's concepts of reality and status quo and foundation and stability. We are forcing change that is painful and traumatic, fearsome. And they need to abandon all these things that they thought were true, political, religious, philosophical, whatever. The old ways aren't going to work anymore. And we're going to be the ones providing these new systems. So we know that's coming. else there's so many important readings typically when people do a a reading like this a tarot card reading a lot of times they have questions they want to know things like oh is this person right for me should i go on this business trip will this will this business venture work properly is my Cause we're going to die of cancer, whatever. Okay, there's there's always something. Am I pregnant? Does this person like me? Is this relationship going to last? Can I reconcile with my ex? So just to give you an idea of general meanings. Well, let's see, look at some interpretations. Does the future of this look promising? If you get out a tower card, no. Doesn't look good. Am I going to reconcile with my ex? No. This is the end of your relationship. The ex will not return. (laughs) If they do come back, 
they're going to leave again. Am I pregnant? Uh, well, let's put it this way. If you get a tower card and you're pregnant, it's a pregnancy you don't want. <laughs> Sorry. Does this person like me? You get a tower card? No. They don't feel the way you want them to feel at all. If they have romantic feelings for you now, they will not have them in the future. So there's a lot of doubt involved in this card. What else can we say about it? It's interesting because if you look in Wikipedia and you look at their interpretation, what do they say? Obviously, Wikipedia tends to be a little more um, academic. What do they say? One of them probably the more interesting is that they say uh, involving the history of this particular card. They say it follows immediately after the devil in all tarot uh, that contain it. And it is associated with sudden disruptive revelation. That sounds kind of like the Getty, huh? Potentially destructive change. Potentially, yeah, I'd say. They say some of the earlier decks didn't contain it. And it's a bit omitted for gameplay, because like I said, there's no difference between this deck and your playing cards. What else can I say? What else do they say? Yeah, there's very little here about it. Here's a here's a guide I like. I like their interpretation. First of all, when you look at the tower, you think of chaos, destruction, sudden upheaval, trauma, unexpected change, disaster, loss, tragedy, revelations, confusion, pain, divorce. Abuse, violence, bankruptcy, and natural disasters. Now, like I said, the death card is the one that people are mostly terrified of. But out of all the cards in the deck, the tower is the one you really need to brace yourself for. Because it represents chaos and destruction. Sudden upheaval and unexpected change. It's going to be scary, life-changing, and most importantly, unavoidable. This is what I'm trying to tell you. When This is not something we can avoid, folks. It's on us. The time has come. We are in the Tower Times. It is happening now. Out with the old, in with the new. A Tower event can be akin to a bomb going off in your life. You don't know if you're going to survive, but somehow you will, and later you will realize that it was the, it was a tremendously difficult thing to go through, and you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy, but it has made you into the person you are. Just like me having to lose everything before I could go on this, this path. Let me see. One positive aspect of the tower is that the destruction it brings is usually directed at something that was built on a false belief and foundation or unrealistic goals and dreams. So obviously that's a good, that's exactly what we're doing. But it can also bring renewal and creation, which is certainly something we promise. But the worst part of it, I guess, is the trauma, life-altering events, like the death of a loved one, a divorce, a breakup, 
assault, sexual assault, violence, abuse, stillbirth, miscarriage, bankruptcy, all these things, drug overdose, a car crash, job loss. Hmm, how about homelessness? That's a good one, too, huh? <laughs> all this crap. Nasty, nasty. So, again, I'm not really talking about the tarot as a whole, because obviously when you have other cards around it, different things, things it makes it a little bit different. But what I'm trying to tell you is that for whatever reason, this is something that applies to all of us. And it's not just something small. And that, that sort of makes sense because you think of something that's that traumatic and that large and that life-changing, why wouldn't we all be affected by something like that? What if it's the United States getting ready to fall? What if it's our money system? What if it's, what if it's the Getty getting ready to open and all the truth coming out and everybody's preconceived notions about history and reality? are destroyed in one fell swoop. Traumatic, violent, well, maybe not violent, but certainly <sighs> life-altering. Well, we know that the upheaval is going to be massive and it's going to be scary and the adjustment is going to, it's going to change our lives as we know it. But the change is going to be good. We know it. This is exactly what the mission is all about. Occupy the Getty is the tower. It's the falling of the tower. It's the bolt of lightning hitting the tower. And what is that bolt of lightning? It's power. It's energy. It's coming from above. It's divine. It's divine. It's God. It's an act of God coming down and destroying this structure that you thought was permanent. No, boom, it's gone. Your life has been altered. That's what I'm talking about. That's what alter the that's what that's what Occupy the Getty is. Boom. Once it happens, nothing is the same. Everything is gone. Well, let me see what else I can tell you about it. While there are some life events that we cannot avoid, sometimes the tower, tower will appear in the future if you are on a path that is leading to danger and warn you to avoid it. For instance, if you tend to put yourself in dangerous situations without thinking of the consequences, it may be a warning to be mindful of your safety. You're taking big gambles with money to change your lifestyle, to avert disaster. Could also be natural disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes, tornadoes. I don't know, maybe a nuclear war? Hmm? Could be. What else can we say about it? Well, of course, there's the love and relationship stuff, which is what a lot of people are talking about. Then, you know, there's money, career, health, spirituality. I like the spirituality aspects of this because obviously, that's my focus. What do they say about the tower in a spiritual standpoint? Imagine having a home you thought was solidly built and would shelter you for the rest of your life. The 
tower would be a big storm that reduces your house to rubble, destroying everything that you thought was secure and showing you that the foundations were not as solid as you once believed they were. While you would still have to experience sadness, loss, grief, anger, and confusion, this horrible turn of events, out of the rubble, you will have a chance to build a new, better home with a more solid foundation. So in a spiritual context, it represents the destruction of old beliefs. This could be a personal crisis of faith or some sort of scandal or revelation that will force you to rethink your whole belief system. Revelation, like the Getty. Remember that the destruction of the tower brings with it renewal so that you may find that this sudden change actually opens up to you, opens up to a more spiritual path in the long run, one that is based on a solid foundation of truth. Is that not us or not? So before I go on to current events, you know, we're only 26 minutes into the show, I just want to kind of sum up at least my feelings about this message here that is forcing itself to be shared. And that is that we're all going to go through this. We're all going to be experiencing personal traumas and turmoils and and lifestyle changes. And ultimately, a lot of the things that are going to happen that will affect all of us will be affecting each one of us in a different way. But ultimately, this is something we should strive for. This is something that we should realize is inevitable, is not going to go away. It's written in stone. It's destiny. And that if anything, the best thing you could do is prepare for it. Heed the warning that your beliefs and everything that you know to be true and hold dear is going to be shattered and you will have to be forced to rebuild from rubble. Think of Gaza when you think of rubble. Okay, people? So you remember the enemy is going to do some terrible things. Try to do terrible things. Who knows what they're going to do to us? Let's talk about the enemy a little bit. All right. We know who the enemy is. If you haven't been paying attention, I've been in, used to be Facebook jail. Now it's Twitter jail, X jail, for about a week here. I just got back on last night. And I got spanked because I said, we subhumans will end this evil. Kind of like what I'm talking about right now. We subhumans, of course, is a reference to the Zionist calling us goyim and animals and something lesser than humans below them in the scale of what is determined to be a human. And as much as I try to avoid this purported anti-Semitic stuff, at the same time I realize that what we're going through with this enemy, we know what it is. And we know what they're hiding behind, and it's become much it's become so much worse. When I say a word like goyim or subhuman, or even the word Zionist, suddenly these are considered hate words, evil. Really. It's 
extremely bizarre that this enemy, this this wicked entity that is causing this chaos, that they would create these words and then tell us these words are hate. The very words they used to describe themselves and us and anything is hate. So if Zionist is going to be a hate word, what does that mean? Zion will be a hate word? What's next? Protocols? Is that going to be a hate word? Elders? We could go on and on. But the point is, is that I wanted to talk about, well, I wanted to talk about Tucker and and Putin because that was an incredible interview. But at the same time, I was very disappointed because when Putin began the interview with a history lesson intended to show that Ukraine has basically always been part of Russia, he left out some very important parts of Russian history. That is the fall of the Khazar Empire. Now, he mentioned the Lithuanian slash Polish Empire. But he never mentioned the Khazar aspects of the Lithuanian Empire and how the Khazars were the ones responsible for creating Bolshevism and Zionism in Lithuania. And this went on to cause massive genocide throughout the world. Now, now the thing that I did learn about the Russians and the Russian psyche is a one they're very naive and they've certainly lost that to a certain amount of a certain degree but they also have a very strong feeling of family and humanity and deep down they don't understand how people can be anti-human and they they just don't quite get this so but at the same time they embrace their history they don't condemn the bad parts they don't tear down monuments. They they recognize some of the faults and the well the problems with the old Soviet structure and the what the Bolshevists did, but they embrace it in a way that is a little strange. In other words, I would love to really hear about what Putin really thinks about the Khazar Mafia and the Chabad. But one real telling clue that somebody pointed out to me. If you're paying attention, you'll notice that both Putin and Tucker Carlson were wearing the little red wool string thread thing on their wrist, which of course represents the Kabbalah, protection from the all-seeing eye, or as some like to say, a good luck charm meant to bring luck and prosperity and wealth and that kind of thing. Now, what is that? That is from Solomon. That is Kabbalah. That is Jewish mysticism. It is Satanism. Now, some people tried to defend it and said, well, wait a minute, you know, the Hindus have a little red thread. That could be could be one of those things. Oh, wait a minute, Slavics, they have a tradition of wearing a red thread. Da, 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 da. Uh, Slavics? You sure that didn't come from the Khazars? And the Solomon, Solomon worshippers, the you know children of Solomon, those guys, the Chabadists, the the Pharisees, those guys. You know that's what I'm thinking. So I'm a little disappointed because, even though Tucker, of course, is representing the truth community, and even though 
Putin seems to be firmly working against the the evil forces in the in the West. They're both working for the same satanic entity, obviously. So I really don't know what to tell you about that. It's a little discouraging, but if anything, it should show you that our mission, once again, is the only thing that matters. The only truth that's going to come out in the world, the only thing that's going to cause the trauma and change that we want is the Occupy the Getty mission. And once again, I have to remind everybody, not just you guys listening, I mean, you guys listening too, everybody's guilty of this, but we don't make this number one in our lives. We still follow other shows. We still listen to other people that don't talk anything about this stuff. And we still have experiences and things that we do that are not serving the mission whatsoever. So, I don't feel, you know, I mean, I'm trying my best to stay motivated. And I think this is a big part of this tower for me, is that after 20 plus years of doing this, after going public in 2012 and thinking that this was going to happen immediately and thinking at the very least that the enemy was going to try to kill me, none of that happened. You guys didn't wake up. Nobody went crazy. Nobody freaked out when they learned about this stuff. It's kind of strange. Now, I'm not going to have a long show tonight, but I am going to throw something out there that's kind of um, interesting that happened today that I can say is a potentially illustrative of this tower mentality or this change or this upheaval or this, well, however you want to say it. But I got a phone call today from David Farman. Now, if you follow me, you'll know that I had a pretty negative experience at a David Farman alchemy event that was taking place in Las Vegas here a little while ago, a while back. I even did a show about it, pretty negative, you know, just kind of was nasty, everybody. But here he is, calls me up today. Now, I know why he called, because it was James Rink. You know, I did a couple shows with James Rink, and he basically said, hey, David, you got to get the Stephen Kelly guy, our our thing here, because he's got some stuff going on and some new stuff, and, you know, you'd like it. People would like it, want to hear about this. So, James, thank you for that. Uh, But I was in shock. I wasn't really expecting this whatsoever. I did look at the speakers, which, of course, I think there's always too many. But I did notice at least six people there, guys that I was familiar with that I thought I'd be happy to visit with. So, Perry Cassidy is also going to be at this event. And I told David that uh, she's speaking Sunday and I'm... He would have me on. I said, oh, have me on Saturday. Have her on Sunday. We don't need to. I don't need to see her. No big deal. Uh, and I promised him I'd play nice. But I told him, you know, I've done that before, right? But I told him I've got to have prime time. I've got to have a good time slot. Now, the only problem is apparently he's got this particular venue, has multiple rooms. So he's going to have, you know, he's got so many damn speakers. But he's going to have them speaking in different rooms at the same time. So obviously I'd like to know that if I do do this and I'm in a room that has like 50 seats out there or something, I could get a few people sitting out there. I don't really want to speak to an empty room in front of a camera. 
whether or not I'm going to be talking about child sex slaves under the Getty for this particular event, I think he'd probably rather I didn't. I'll probably get into some more, mm, well, you know, kind of like the show I did the other day when we talked about quantum computers. But I can also talk about alien-type stuff and density stuff and the Matrix and all that stuff. Should be interesting. But anyway... I'm kind of looking forward to it, and I know it's like 50 days away, and I'm kind of didn't really want to devote that much time talking about this moment yet because I, hell, Kerry Cassidy could say I don't want him there, there, you know, and David go, well, Stephen, I'm sorry, Kerry, you know, but I don't really think that's going to happen. I think she's has more class than that, but, uh, but either way, you know, if anything I've learned from this tower here, it's that don't count on anything. It doesn't matter how solidly built that thing is. In an instant, that divine bolt of lightning can come down and make it rubble. And you're warned to be ready for that. So I know, especially in these days that we're going through right now, that nothing is really written in stone except chaos is coming. So change is coming. It's going to be upheaval. It's going to be dramatic and traumatic. And I can't say that you're going to like it. But you know, much like the Getty mission, it's it's not about having fun. It's not about glory to you. It's not about making you rich or enhancing your life. That comes later. First comes the hard part and the work. Losing everything in the process. That's going to happen. That's probably the hardest part of all this. Trust me, I didn't like it, losing everything. But if I didn't lose everything, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Okay? That's just the way it goes. Okay. All right. I'm going to wrap this up really quick tonight. Just for, you know, personal reasons. But no. (laughs) I want to remind you guys uh, to try, if you can, to help me out financially um i'm gonna be honest i it's been kind of slow and i know you guys are all having your tower moments up there out there but the donations have been kind of well kind of non-existent i did get a little bit from somebody here recently what was it well i got 150 dollars from somebody but i had to send it back because it was one of those deals where they didn't uh push the button correctly you never know it might come back but i do need it you know because like I said, the dentist really took a took a chunk out of me. So, yeah. And it makes it harder for me to help other people that need help, right? Isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the more help you can give me, that helps. Also, I should mention the presidential, uh, you know, um, thing, campaign. That did, there are, there were some expenses occurred by the, committee to elect Stephen D. Kelly president, there's, I, I do need to solicit a little bit of money to help pay for that. I mean, it's not huge, but we did have to do stuff like get a email and get a phone line and, and uh, pr- print up some stuff. And obviously there was some things that had to be, you know, taken care of with, for legal, legal purposes and incorporation fees and all that sort of thing. So Aside from donating to my PayPal, of course, which is Stephen Kelly714 at yahoo.com, 
I also want you to please consider going to my uh, CBD Kelly for President 2024 page dot com. I think that's what it's called. You can find it. Stephen D. Kelly 2024.com. Find that if you can and uh, make a donation because like I said right now, <laughs> you're, you know, people, I, it's really painful. People go, oh, you're just one of those Nikki Haley bitches out there trying to get money. It's like, really? Really? No, I'm not. This is not a scam to get money. If anything, yeah, we've spent money and now we'd kind of like, uh, I'd just like to cover the the pocket expense for the person that had to make that, that uh, had to pay for that. So if you guys could consider helping out with that too, it'd be really helpful. All right. What else? Uh, also, in spite of all this turmoil that's going on with the tower and all that, and with the war and the economy and the elections and the border and everything else that's going on. Like I said, this is also a time of great potential and divine intervention and growth and power. And as such, I just want to remind you guys that I can still do healing. And I was working on this guy whose eyes the other day, and that's really hard. Eyes and ears are hard for me, but everything else is not that difficult. So if you've got some issue, don't wait. Send me an email at law17gun at AOL.com. And I'll just say up front, you got to send me a picture of your face. you got to give me your full name. It's got to be, if it's for you, uh, obviously, you give me my your permissions. For somebody else, I need permission. you got to tell me what's going on. But don't wait. <coughs> don't wait. Get that healing. What else? If you haven't got my book, I'll email it to you. Or you can join my group, which you should be doing anyway, which is on Telegram. And that is the Occupy the Getty slash Stephen E. Kelly group. Find it, join it. We've got, oh, we had a good increase of people, about 500 people. We're up to about 5,500, a little over that right now, I believe. And the Twitter page, on X page, whatever you want to call it, Stephen D. Kelly 24, I think it is, uh, went up 300 people during the week that I wasn't even on. So that's pretty good. So we're a little over 11,300 people right now. And, and that's kind of fun. I'd like to see that get a lot bigger, but at the same time, I have no illusion that the enemy can shut that off any time they want. And that's discouraging. We know who the enemy is, and we know what their, their tools are. But we also know that they're panicking. That's why people like Zuckerberg are building bunkers. And the more this Getty thing grows and the more of you that get involved in the group and put out those memes and do that incredible work the more they know that this is something destiny that's not going to go away it's written in stone we know it's written in stone they told me it was written in stone they told me they couldn't stop it but their tower is fast approaching our tower is fast approaching and their tower is our tower our tower is their tower because the upheaval that we're coming into is going to be worldwide. And we're going to be responsible for it. So you guys should be proud of that. And I know you hate it when I say work harder, work harder, but work harder. Okay? <laughs> Seriously, uh, I'm going to do my best. Seriously, I don't really want to, but I, I'm going to do my best to stay alive because I, I have a feeling we got some good things happening here coming uh, you know, 
I've been through this tower thing before, so I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> but I'm warning you guys. Okay? So get ready for it to happen. Help us make it happen. And stop trying to understand it and learn to go with the flow. That's also very important. It's not so important that you analyze these things and try to understand what it's going to do and how it's going to affect you. Just know that it's going to be dramatic. And get ready for the change and look for how you can benefit and how you can rebuild and how you can do things better. Main thing is don't have fear. Okay? Because these are scary things coming. Scary, scary times ahead. So don't have fear. Have some faith. Okay? I hope you guys, obviously, I want you to have faith in God, faith in Jesus, but please have some faith in me and understand that this Getty thing is all there is. And if you don't help me do it, it's going to take a lot longer to happen. And that trauma that we're trying to avoid, that trauma that, that's going to be that upheaval that's going to wreck everything, we, we want to try to make that as painless as possible. I know that we can't make the pain go away. I know that if we dish it out in small doses, it'll be easier to take. But you can't avoid it. All right. All right, people. I want to thank all of you for joining me tonight. Let me see who's here right now real quick. Eh, we got a pretty decent amount. Netherlands. Hey, Wooter. Wooter in the house. Germany? Germany's still there. All right, you guys. All right, I look forward to seeing you on Twitter. Let's grow that stuff. I want to see your memes. I want to see your work. I want to see you in the group. Oh, thank you for being with me tonight, and I'll see you guys next week. And uh, pray for me. Pray for all of us. Work harder. Talk to you soon. Good night. God bless. Adios. And goodbye.